You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Zach Bechtold and Matt Franks. If you'd like to learn more about the Bearded Theologians, you can go online at beardedtheologians.com, where we have past podcasts, blogs, and a couple items for sale. So check us out, beardedtheologians.com. Thank you for listening, and enjoy this week's show. You're listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast, hosted by Matt Franks and Zach Bechtold. Uh, today we have... Geez, longtime friend of the podcast. And I, I feel like we got to upgrade your green jacket to a gold jacket or <laughs> I'll take you it. know, maybe something with sequins on it. I'll be t- great. Ooh, even better. <laughs> we have uh we have Matt Roll on the podcast once again to uh, obviously come back and talk about a book that he's written. Um right. yeah, yeah. We love having you on, Matt. Um, you've got a new book uh called Jesus Revealed, I Am Statements in the Gospel of John. Man, we're glad to have you back. Yeah, no, it, it's good to be back, and I, I will look forward to. So I have a bearded theologian's coffee mug, but a sequenced jacket yeah. is now. I've I've now added that to my list. <laughs> I'll be looking at Amazon because that's what I like to do. Any, anywhere I am, I like to be noticed as soon as I walk in the door, and that will certainly get me noticed <laughs> wherever <laughs> wherever I go. <laughs> but yes, no. So yeah, we have another we we have another book out. Uh, it's called Jesus Revealed: The I Am Statements of the Gospel of John, and I'm I'm excited that it's. I joke because it's it's my first big boy book. Right. Because normally, uh, and as much as I love pop culture and still love pop culture, and there's going to be more pop culture titles coming out. Uh, uh, but, you know, I normally write on the Grinch and Scrooge and Doctor Who and these kind of, uh, you know, finding God in these places. And this book's about Jesus. So that's that's refreshing <laughs> uh, this time. And specifically, uh, the I am statements uh, in kind of in two categories. One, how the I am statements work together to give us uh, a fuller picture of who Jesus is, right? These things don't happen in a vacuum. They're not just random sayings of Jesus, random wisdom sayings of Jesus as he wanders the Galilean uh, countryside. Uh, They all work together. They're all on purpose. And then secondly, the Gospel of John is most, I think, uh, most appropriately read as a drama or a piece of artwork, right? It's this theologically rich kind of presentation. Like, for example, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, Nicodemus is representing all of the Pharisees. So there's this kind of dramatic, almost like Greek dramatic uh, picture that's being presented, Jesus speaking with the Pharisees through Nicodemus. Same with uh, the Samaritan woman at the well. He's speaking with all Samaritans in that moment. You know, so in this kind of the second real nugget of the book, is recognized, it's divided into four sections. Uh, there's the scene, which is how the I am statement is used in its immediate context, right? Uh, and then there is the act, which is how it's used throughout the New Testament. And then there's the play, which is how the I am statement is like, I am light, right? There's a lot of imagery throughout the entire Bible of what it means to be light and the light of God and this kind of thing. So the play of how it's, it's used in the entire work of God's story. And then finally is your role, like not much of it matters unless we're incorporated into the story and, and we're called to, to to carry the story along. So on the one hand, what really sets this uh, study apart is how the I am statements work together. And we can jump into that. Uh, but also this whole artistic side of the gospel. In fact, Sarah Douay, uh, who really partnered with me in this book, she created a, a different piece of artwork for each chapter uh, and also original music that's on the the DVD or the Amplify uh, Amplify video, uh, which is great. Amplify has been a huge uh, uh, part of of our success uh, in our local church uh, mm-hmm. of finding good material, good theologically sound material at your fingertips, which has been great. And this is, I think, um, and I can say this because I wrote them. <laughs> this is the the 
I think the the study that really the DVD is always valuable in the sense of it's me teaching a lesson and talking about the book and it makes it super easy for leaders to use. But in this case, the DVD or the Amplify video really enhances the experience because you see the artwork. In fact, it's a it's a time lapse of Sarah creating the artwork with uh, the music that she composed uh, in the background. Uh, because years ago, uh, the way that this study started. Well, one, it started as it was my ordination Bible study that that I was that I had to write for ordination. Right. So, so for all of you in the trenches of the ordination <laughs> process, like don't throw anything away, man, because I had to write a four week study on the I am statements, and I just after having to do that, I built on that and just mm -hmm. kind of over the years crafted and recrafted and recrafted. And this was something like ten years ago, when Sarah Douay and I were were mulling about in Shreveport at a Starbucks, uh, or I think it was Rhino Coffee at the time. Anyway, uh, uh, I said, what does I Am Light look like to you? Mm -hmm. And she like went into her studio and got a camera and, and did all these really cool filters and, and and stuff. And I was like, that's amazing. I said, well, okay, well now what does I Am Light sound like to you? Mm -hmm. So then she went back into her studio and created a beautiful like three and a half minute electronic. And this is when like Derek Webb was like doing his like electronic solo deal. And mm -hmm. she kind of really followed in that kind of a vein. Uh, and just had this now that we now now we have uh, a, a study on the I am statement. So we have a study on I am light. And now Sarah has a video and original music on I am light. And like, man, this is really something special. And we just kind of tinkered with it for 10 years. Mm -hmm. and, and finally now, right, no good idea ever dies, right? Um, now, 10 years later, it's an actual study and it's published and there's Amplify videos and book tours and and all these things. So like, don't throw away your good ideas ever. Like they will come back. Keep playing with them. Keep tinkering with them because 10 years down the road, you might have something really remarkable and special on your hands. Yeah, I love that. There's there's a couple of things I love about it. One, I hope there's a reveal somewhere in there that this is all just like a, a Michael Scott conference room thing with Jesus. And, oh my gosh. You know, no, I, right? I lead like my staff, my staff, and they're like literally outside the door. So I'm going to whisper this, but I am, <laughs> I am like, I am Michael Scott. I'm the Michael Scott of this church because we have, we, and I'm not kidding. We have things like staff fun days. Like, right. hey, we've, we've done like an escape room before. Like they hated it. And I loved every flipping minute of it. Like, right. this is so great. And like, I, I, I make, we had, we had, um, Oh, what was it? Uh, uh, it was summer. No, no, no. Fifth Sunday summer fest a couple nice. of Sundays ago. And it's a total Michael Scott thing. Yep. We had like inflatable water slides and we had family games with ribbons. I mandated <laughs> that my children's director went and bought ribbons as nice. prizes for these families <laughs> up to fifth place. I didn't Perfect. even know that there was a market for fifth place ribbons. Like what loser <laughs> makes fifth place ribbons? The color's orange. Who even knew that fifth right. place is orange? That's so bonkers. I am I am the Michael Scott of Methodism, at least in, in, in this context, <laughs> in my staff. Because yeah, we do, we do escape rooms and we do themed parties. <laughs> we do... We do all of those things. And, and, oh my gosh, I love that you said that because it's yeah. absolutely true. Well, that's, that's what I love. I, it, it's your MO, right? You write about yes. other things and yeah. just like, all right, we're going to package this one really nice. He's going to tell everybody it's a big boy book. It's Michael <laughs> Scott conference room. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Everyone no, hold I, a card on your head and it's all guests to see what's right. written on the other side. Right. No, oh I, gosh, I, that's good. the other thing I love about it is I, I think that's often for me, reading's not the fun thing that I do, right? I do it because I have mm. to, uh, and I need to. Yeah, sure. um, but visual, audio, you know, conversations mm. about these things, those are huge. And so you all putting those uh, 
as an intentional package to this, right? The music, yeah. the art, the conversational piece of music you talking video, and, and that's yeah. that's kind of where we're going, right? In right. terms of yeah. Bibles, because my daughter, so my daughter, I have a fifteen year old. I have lo- I have lots of kids. I have a gaggle of kids. It's it's a circus, <laughs> but it's our circus, so we love right. it. So my my fifteen year old, I know she's never going to do a book study, yeah. and like that kind of hurts my heart as her dad and as a pastor because like <laughs> I do those, like I right. write those, uh, but I know she's not going to pop a DVD in and watch you know watch mm-hmm. me talk or anybody. Uh, but but there is this whole other experiential piece of it now she could really get into watching artwork being created yeah theological art right now we're talking so now there's this whole other thing and we'll get into this later because i have an advent study coming out next year which is going to even up this ante further so this is almost like a test run of this next study that that, that's Mm -hmm. coming out in uh, uh 2023 but yeah so it has this whole other realm to it uh and of course the gospel of john lends itself to that right Mm -hmm. I am, I am bread. Like it's all metaphor, right? It, I am light. I am bread. I am the good shepherd. I'll let, well, I love this. And this is in chapter five that we are, we are so comfortable. I mean, uh, right, left, conservative, liberal, uh, uh, fundamentalist, uh, uh, whomever, we're all quite comfortable recognizing that the I am statements are metaphors. Like when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, we know that he's not physically glowing, right? <laughs> uh, when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, we know that he's not like pumpernickel or rye, right? You know, this kind of thing. Until until we get to, I am the way, mm-hmm. the truth, and the life. For that statement, we seem to hold on to it with like an ironclad literalism, mm-hmm. right? And so we kind of nuance that. And like, why, why, why the change now? Like I am the vine and you are the branches. Are you made of wood? Are you connected to a vine? Like, come on. And, but when we get to that one, oh, we'd like to sink our fingers into that as being this iron. So we nuance that a bit and bring that back into the scene, the, the act and the play of what God is, is doing. So I do, I think it's a really, I'll say this. I do think it's a really rich study because all the I am statements really do work together well to create this beautiful layered mosaic of who Jesus is. And then in addition to that, there's a whole experiential part of it where you're seeing artwork being created. You're hearing an original piece of music and that is the gospel of John. It is good art, man. Good art always brings you to another place. Like good art projects beyond itself, right? Good art is water into wine, right? Mm-hmm. That's why we have that in the gospel of John, right? It takes the ordinary and makes an extraordinary. So it, it's, it really is a, a fun study. Yeah. And I, I mean, you're right. The gospel of John lends itself to that uh, over, over the other three. Sure. Um, and, and Matt and I had a long conversation about the, uh, our favorite gospels and things like that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and, and kind of the same conclusion for John of it, it paints a different picture of Jesus mm. and, and truly paints one, right. You know, G- I am the vine. We see that, right. Mm-hmm. Um, very, I, at least I do very clearly of just how robust that, that conversation yeah, Careful of your is. Royal we, sir. <laughs> yes, careful sorry. of your Royal. I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> you want, you want to talk about, this is not, has nothing to do with the podcast, but you know, pet peeves <laughs> is when preachers start using the Royal we. Right. Like right. when we read the gospel of John, we see branches everywhere. Like, well, maybe you, Jack, like, I don't see that. <laughs> I'm going to take stop. a big, a, big assumption. You wrote a book on it. I'm going to use the royal we in this room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. there are only three of us in this room other than our, our esteemed listener. That's right. right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. no, go, go ahead. You, it, you keep dropping wees. Go ahead. Yeah, we got it. We got it. Uh, <laughs> but it, but it paints, it, it, does paint this picture visually mm-hmm. as you read through that gospel um, from start to finish, 
And um, tapping into that's huge, I think. Yeah. And when you look at the other gospels, like everyone has their own important flavor. Like Matthew's mm-hmm. the first one because Matthew's like the teaching gospel, right? It's right. really systematic. It's mm-hmm. it's easier to understand uh, than maybe the others. The gospel of Mark, and I've recently like started reading the gospel of Mark very differently than I have, because when, when you when you begin to realize that the gospel of Mark is written against Christian insiders, those who have gained power because of the church, Mark really starts to take on a very interesting tone uh, that the other gospel is just, it's terse, it's mm-hmm. short, mm-hmm. the disciples never get it, and that's on purpose, because right. the author of the gospel of Mark is saying, hey, you're getting lazy, mm-hmm. disciples, you're getting, those of you who are in the church who are beginning to gain power and influence, uh, you're missing the whole Jesus thing now. Anyway, uh, and then, of course, the Gospel of Luke is, is like written to outsiders and, and is more Gentile in, in flavor and, and flair and uh, has things like the birth narrative in it and, and brings these other things uh, into it from really from a Greek kind of world and perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. But then John, oh, my gosh, is, are brushstrokes mm-hmm. on on uh, you know, with with a palette and the, the way that it's layered in that you always have to look at the thing behind the thing. In the Gospel of John, right? One of my favorites. I may have mentioned it on a podcast because I've been on a hundred times. But my favorite thing in in, <laughs> in in terms of imagery in the Gospel of John is the um, charcoal fire. Mm. Love this at the very very end, John chapter twenty one, right? Peter's swimming, he's fishing naked with the yep. other disciples, right? And he sees Jesus uh, cooking fish around a charcoal fire. Uh, well, at that point, Peter's like, "Oh no, he knows." Right, because the only other time that a charcoal fire is, is mentioned is when Peter is denying Jesus, mm-hmm. and and John specifically says Peter was warming himself by a charcoal fire, like that's a specific detail, and now that's the last thing that Jesus saw of Peter. So now here's Peter fishing, and he sees Jesus cooking around a charcoal fire, and he's like, "Oh, filth and foul!" Jesus knows. <laughs> Oh no. So what does he do? He puts on clothes and jumps mm-hmm. in head first because he's ashamed, right? Just like Adam and Eve, like he puts on clothing and he jumps head first into the water because the last conversation they had is, uh, you, wa- you know, Jesus is washing his feet and Peter's like, don't wash my feet. You know, and Jesus is like, no, you don't have a share with me unless I wash your feet. And Peter's like, well, then wash all of me. And Jesus is like, stop idiot. Like, I don't need to wash all of you. You're fine. But now that Jesus has denied him, oh man, Peter jumps head first into the water. And leaves all the other schmucks with the with the net in the boat, which I love. I love that detail. I can imagine because like, I love it. Says like Peter, James, and John, and two other disciples are with them. How would mm-hmm. you like to be forever remembered as one of the other two other disciples? disciples right. who are, you, know, you know, great. Thanks. I followed Jesus for three years, and all I got was his lousy T-shirt. Like that's how it's, that's how it worked out for them. You know, so they're bringing the stuff back, and then like Peter, like you know, doing the breaststroke, trying to get up to the thing, and uh, and, and that's when like Peter, do, or he didn't say Peter. He says Simon, son of Jonah, right? He, there's a title mm-hmm. loss in that, like Simon mm-hmm. Son of Jonah. Do you love me? Right. Uh, it's it's such a great, great detail that charcoal fire, and that's that's what John does, man. John has these small, very specific details that you just have to hang on to. In the beginning was uh, was was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In him was life, and the life was light, and light shined in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And then by the end of the story, Jesus was, and it's the only gospel in which this happens. Jesus is resurrected in the midst of darkness. Mary came to the tomb before the sun had risen 
and notice that the stone had been rolled away. Oh my gosh, fantastic. Now all of a sudden the, the prologue that you read 20 chapters ago mm-hmm. makes sense. You just right. got to hang on to these things. And, and that's that's what I, when I, when I mentioned that all the I am statements build on each other, they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I am light, just briefly, I am light, like represents Jesus's divinity up there, out there, uh, something that comes to us. I'm the light of the world. But then you have bread and bread doesn't grow on trees. You have to make it. Right. <laughs> bread, right. <laughs> bread is a human invention. Like there's no bread tree. Like you have to make bread from raw ingredients. So I am bread really emphasizes Jesus's humanity as a product of humanity. And then those two images come together when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, right? Because shepherd can mean, oh Lord, uh, uh, like the 23rd Psalm, right? Mm-hmm. The Lord is my shepherd, the like God is my shepherd, but it's also like King David is the shepherd of, of Israel, right? Uh, and then I am the vine, you are the branches. We are incorporated into that I am statement uh, when we get to I am the vine. and But then we're giving a job to do when it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? Th- that way that Jesus is talking about is the way of suffering. Uh, it's a roadway and all roads lead to Rome and those roads are littered with people on crosses. Mm-hmm. And then finally, it brings it all together with I am the resurrection, right? The affirmation of all of these I am statements come together. And it is, it is like watching Michelangelo paint the Sistine Chapel when you're reading the Gospel of John, because all of these things, which seem like independent brushstrokes, when you take a step back finally portray this beautiful tapestry that's been woven into itself all along. It's shocking, isn't it? I know. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to take it in for a second. Yeah. Just uh, chew on that for a minute. Beck yeah, told, just chew yeah. on that. Where, where uh, were you two weeks ago when we we're talking about the gospel of John? <laughs> uh, waiting. I was, I was sitting by the phone waiting for one of you schmucks to call me and say we should do a podcast. That's where I was. You want me to answer that question? That's where I was. I was sitting. We're just trying. We're just trying to find the bedazzled Jack. But you got to spread all. it out, man. You got to spread yeah. it out. You can't have all, all, all your mojo in one episode. That's right. You got right. to spread it out. <laughs> and by mojo, I mean two weeks ago, not today. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Gospel of John uh, is, is this beautiful. Uh, artistic expression, uh, and it's never exhausted. The Gospel right. of John is never exhausted. I, every time I open it and dive into it, I know it sounds cliche-ish, but uh, it really is. I learn something new, and I notice something different, and it's just, I'm in awe. It's just like artwork, right? Just like when you're looking at a, a beautiful painting, um, you don't, you, yeah, oh, I've seen the Mona Lisa, and then like move on. Like, no, you keep going back to that well, uh, and it, it's it's never exhausted, just like, just like God's grace and God's activity in our life. It's never it's never exhausted. It always leaves us with a f- empty fullness, right? Uh, that we are satisfied, but still hungry for more, right? That that beautiful tension of being satisfied. My grace is sufficient for you, but never exhausting that grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that really is the gospel of John for me. I love that. Um I don't even know what to ask. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you well, painted uh, such a beautiful picture. Yeah. Uh, done. Well, uh, yeah. you can find the book at mattrawl.com. <laughs> <Done. laughs> we'll, we'll see you later, Matt. You speechless. It will leave you speechless, <laughs> and, right? And we really hope that Amplified will put that study next to our like our stuff, right. so that way we can get more clicks too. As you're getting more clicks on this, so synergy, right. baby, yeah. absolutely, <laughs> right? Look, if I had mattrawl.com coffee mugs, I'd send you one, but I, I don't. I don't have the I don't have the cool kind of swag uh, that y'all do. Uh, but in terms of the experiential part of this, right? So we have Jesus revealed. The I am statement is of John, and we're kind of experimenting with this whole artwork and music 
and, and whole thing because the, the next study that's coming out, and I'll just do a little quick little teaser for you. There you go. Uh, it's going to be Advent in 2023, uh, and it's called This Will Be a Sign to You, right? What the angels tell the shepherds. Mm-hmm. This will be a sign to you. And the entire study is exclusively about what we hear during the Advent season, what we taste during the Advent season, what we see during the Advent season. So it builds all of these senses together. And it's going to be a very sensory experience mm-hmm. that we're going to experiment with in terms of the study, because the whole point of that 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 story and that uh, the incarnation, the whole point of the Advent season is to recognize that God now has senses, right? In the person of Jesus, God has hands to hold one another. Uh, God has eyes to see the suffering of, of humanity. God has ears to hear the cry uh, of the uh, of the poor. So really this study, because uh, I'm always, in this, I do like to do this. Every time I write a study or, or put together a project, I call them projects now. So every time I do a project, I'm always trying to plant a seed for what's coming next, mm-hmm. right? Let this be a test case for what we're going to do next time. And the next time, let that be a test case for that, right? Because uh, I'll also be talking about this um, uh, in terms of Jesus revealed in terms of technology, uh, at Church of the Resurrection coming up at the Leadership Institute. Mm. Uh, so I'm doing a, a breakout section, Jesus Revealed in the Augmented Age mm. uh, is what I'm talking about, because especially clergy, uh, we are kind of in this very in-between kind of time, right? You have, right. Uh, or as I like to call it, there there are nine intersecting circles that happen. Uh, and I won't get into all of those, but but uh, specifically in terms of technology, and y'all you, y'all do podcasts, like you're, you're, you're in it to win it in terms of, of tech, uh, but we have kind of these three ages all happening at the same time. We have like this industrial age where like you're passing a plate in mm-hmm. worship and you're putting dollar bills in a plate and you have to have someone bring a plate to a safe and those kind of very manual, manual things. And, but but at the same time, we're also living in this uh, information age where people are doing online giving and auto draft and use this QR code to give your text to give or whatever. But now there's this <clears throat> this augmented age that's happening. So we're talking to several Methodist foundations to say, like, can you build for us uh, a digital wallet for our congregation in terms of of estate planning and giving and all of these things? Because it won't be long before someone's going to ask me, hey, Pastor Matt, can I pay for my kid's mission trip with the interest from my Bitcoin? Mm -hmm. Like, how can I do that? And it's a whole total revenue stream that the church is going to miss out on. If we're not ready to receive it, right? So the the, the short version of, of what I'm going to present at Leadership Institute is how can we still find Jesus in the midst of, of this emerging augmented reality? And I don't mean augmented in the sense of like being in the metaverse necessarily, because mm-hmm. uh, that's a whole other, that's a whole other thing, like the Oculus and, and Horizon. And we're doing some work in that too, but um, where are your church members? Like, where are they in terms of how they find themselves in the world? Mm-hmm. And, and we need to, I mean, the, the simple metaphor is if you have uh, 20 chairs in the choir loft, you're never going to have 21 members of your choir, mm-hmm. right? You have to have a place, uh, even if it's a placeholder, right? You have to have a place for the 21st person, or as I like to say, you have to have a placeholder for the 21st century. Uh, we might not be there yet, but we're going to be, and we're going to have to be uh, in 10 years uh, in terms of how we understand discipleship. Mm-hmm. COVID helped us expedite some of that in terms of technology mm-hmm. and live streaming and all the things. Uh, but it didn't answer problems. It actually presented a lot more questions that right. we kind of weren't even ready to answer. Right. right. In terms of, in terms of the the podcast, the bearded, the bearded theologians, like how have y'all adopted kind of this augmented, this new 
uh, way of being, you know, in terms of, of podcasting, because you don't have to physically be present like COVID when everyone's, you know, wherever they need to be in, in isolation and all that stuff like that didn't affect the podcast per se. But now that we're coming out of it, have you seen differences in terms of the way that you're recording and distributing and sharing and, 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 and seeing, you know, um, uh, an audience, like has the audience changed it all for y'all? First off, it's our podcast. We ask questions. <laughs> hey man, look, I, no, no, no. I left you speechless with Jesus. You said, you know what I want to do? I'm gonna turn. The, I'm gonna turn the tide. <laughs> Let's change the current, baby. I mean, he's also been. He's also been on enough that, like, he That's actually. Right. Yeah, That's like right. we probably should just start having him on beyond all the just time. The and just, just the whole thing. Right? <laughs> he can yeah, actually exactly. be. You know, the, I'll, I'll be on the, the every third podcast when there's a <laughs> there new go. moon. I'll just I'll is. be at the ready. Yeah. Right? Just send me the link. <laughs> right. <laughs> I I think the big thing that has shifted for us and and for me, anyways, um, in the new appointment, taking a new appointment in the new annual conference. Oh yeah, was, that was one of the things that people were looking at was the the videos the they were listening or you know however they took in our stuff, um, and that was totally different than it was five years ago when I took this appointment and maybe one or two people actually mm. looked it up, mm. um, whereas in this situation you know we actually I about half my congregation has looked at something we've done and mm. now. I'm being intentional that this is something that's a part of what I do. And so, mm. you know, we're going to start, you know, sharing the things and, you know, Hey, this actually, you know, this is something I do and it's part of what I do as part of my ministry. Um, that's fascinating so because it, it like in the past, these, these uh, digital ventures, right. Whether it's, whether it's live streaming or podcasting has always seemed other mm -hmm. and extra, not extracurricular, but, but in addition to what we're doing, and slowly it's becoming what we are doing and, and the yeah. way that we are connecting with people, period. Like we used to stream as kind of a convenience if you were traveling or if you're at home. But now I have a third of my worshipers are yeah. online. Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh my gosh. Right. You know, and and like COVID, I, I say COVID's over. COVID's not over. COVID's not over with us for sure, right? Right, yeah. Um, but increasingly, I, you would not, if you asked me four years ago that a third of my worshiping community would be online and not geographic. Which is fascinating to me that those kind of those geographic boundaries are beginning uh, to break down. The people are listening from from all over, and especially like with podcasting, like you don't have to be in a particular place. You right. just, you just need you need earbuds. <laughs> you need right. earbuds and a device. <laughs> you know that that what used to be a sign of extra, like we have all this extra time to do this podcast and do this live streaming. We have the, it is now being incorporated into what we do right. and who we are. Right, and that that is both exciting and terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the biggest thing we noticed, you know, yeah. we, the COVID curve was not steep for, for us because we had been doing the podcast. Yeah, the streaming, sure, right? Was it Right. Yeah. You know, that was all comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was interesting was watching everybody catch up and put all of their things out there. Mm. Great. Big support of that. Right. Go do yeah. your thing. Uh, yeah, sure. there, there's plenty of room for all of us. Mm -hmm. uh, and then as COVID over used air quotes mm. for our, our listeners here yeah, yeah. um everybody stopped the mm. number yep. not not just the church but the number of podcasts out there spiked during covid and is increasingly going down today yeah. we're done um, we're back in person we're done yeah, we're back we in person we can do the yeah. thing yep yeah. and yeah. even the church is asking the question of why are we still live streaming 
the church in general, not, you know, yeah, yeah, sure. Why, why are we still doing this? We want people in the building, right? We want this, that, because we need to pass the plate so they can physically put money uh, in. It's like, yep. oh, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> we're, we can't go back. We're not going back. We were behind then. Love it. Two years ago. No, nope. love it. <laughs> we're yeah, still could... behind now, but good Lord, we can't take a step back. Right. And that was one and... of our, one, one of the things that, that, because we, we at Asbury, we moved to one worship service. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because we, we were consistently getting like 62% of our live worshipers back from COVID. There was something right. like that, 65%, uh, something like that. And, and now, now a third of our worshipers are online. But part of the issue is like we, we have a, a beautiful, but also very large sanctuary that was built 15 years ago. Uh, and when you're having, less than 200 at your early service, it looks like a cave and it looks like a cavern. But what folks who were worshiping at the early service didn't recognize is that at that time, at least 20% of the worshipers were online. Mm -hmm. So it looks like they're not there. And it looks like there's an absence, right? So there's this anxiety of like, where is everybody? Well, they're still engaged. In fact, some of our givers, oh my gosh, I'll tell you this for hope. I'll give you a picture of hope. We had a family who. and this was back, this was last year during our stewardship uh, uh, campaign, which is very casual because we were still rebuilding and all the things and PPP loans and all, you know, mm-hmm. my gosh, like, hey, if you want to keep your pledge as you did last year, great. If you need to change it, great. Just let us know. Like that was the extent of our stewardship campaign last year and I had a family who I knew I hadn't seen since 2019 mm-hmm. mail in a pledge for $30,000. Wow. So I, I of course followed up right <laughs> and, and and say well you know, thank you so much for your gift like tell me like i know i haven't seen you in like two and a half years or whatever mm-hmm. and they said oh well we've been online like we've been following the whole time like we've been invested the whole time like huh yeah what's well, that's new yeah <laughs> you know okay so even even though that prayers presence gift service of witness the presence part of that the church doesn't quite know what to do with right uh because like i said 30 percent of our worshiping congregation is online and not geographic Right. What do we do with that, right? Because I'm looking in the membership of how do how do I, um, you know, uh, record members who are not local, mm-hmm. who are still involved in the ministry, right? Is that is that membership? Is that affiliate membership? Is that associate member? Like, what does that even mean, right? In terms of prayers, presence, gift service, and witness, what does a non-geographic presence look like in Methodism? Right. Uh, and and I hope we figure that out at some point because that's. That's where, I mean, even in terms of like looking at big method of stuff, like jurisdictions and conferences and denominate with this, you know, uh, 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 division that's coming up or separation, we'll pick a word, split separation, just pick one. (laughs) That's fine. We all know what we're talking about. Um, Like when we start to enter in non-geographic relationships, Mm -hmm. uh, what does that look like? Because that is not, the industrial age does not know what to do with that because the industrial age, everyone has to be in the same place at the same time for the factory to work. Right. You know, well, and, you can't and, remotely put together a widget. Right. 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 You know, anyway, I cut you off. What, what were you going to no, say? No, no, no. And I was, was going to say the church, the church struggles with it anyways, especially with digital presence mm-hmm. because we're so territorial. Right. Oh, Those sure. are my people, you know, yeah, yeah. It, whether you have four churches in town or just the world or, is my parish, but get yeah. out of my face. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and that's a hard thing to navigate with our colleagues uh, yeah. and just churches across wherever. But yeah. I mean, we were finding in, in my last appointment, I haven't been here long enough, you know, yeah, yeah. 
we had twice as many people in online worship than we did in the oh, sanctuary, sure. yeah, right? Yeah. And from all over who are participating in small groups, you know, online, oh, yeah. uh, they were joining in the Zoom prayer stuff, you know, they were giving, they were doing whatever they could uh, from wherever they were, or starting something in their own community with their groups of people, uh, which was fascinating to me of here's how I can be present from afar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it And just embrace that and not be afraid of it. And yeah, no, we're not seeing those people. It's like, it's like when you go from one service to two, well, we don't see those people anymore. Are they really here? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, <laughs> they are. Yeah. You don't mm-hmm. have to know what they're doing. Just know they're there, right? And they're doing their thing. Yeah. Um, we struggle with that, whatever yeah. medium it is, right? Um, you know, talk about technology from hymnals to screens or, you know, nothing to oh, hymnals, ab- right? It yep. it upsets the apple cart and we don't know what to do with it for a bit. Um, but it seems probably with everything, there's a lot of resistance or yes, with everything, there's a lot of resistance, but there seems to be more resistance to this space, the digital space. There is. And go I, backwards. And, yeah. And I don't know, because one of the things I talk about in terms of like the three marathons of COVID, uh-huh. uh, you know, the first one is traumatic innovation, right? We, we had, we, everything was shutting down. Yeah. We didn't know what to do. So we had to innovate. We had yeah. to, right. And you traumatic either loved innovation. it or hated it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, and then the second COVID marathon, uh, which we're just seeing the end of is, is uh, existential exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the great resignation, right? A lot of people leaving, they're tired. They're asking big questions. Do I want to stay in the same denomination? Do I want to stay in the same relationships? Do I want to stay in the same jobs? You know, they're these big questions right now we're in what I call nostalgic scarcity. Mm-hmm. where we don't have the same kind of funds and stewardship that we used to have. And then therefore we try to only invest in things that make us feel like it's 2019, mm-hmm. right? Before the pandemic, like all of all of those things. Uh, so two things that we've talked about in terms of just where, where we are as a church, because we have the same things, mm-hmm. the same struggles in terms of mm-hmm. change, right? The first thing to recognize, especially with our older adults, the first thing, and, and, and um, uh, the first thing to recognize is the grief that comes with change. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a grieving that happens because, yeah, nothing is the same as it was. Right. It just isn't. Right. So uh, which is why, like, there's there's a, a, a Sunday school class and a half uh, that really wants us to start printing bulletins again. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it, it's not about the bulletin. It's about I used to come to church and have something in my hand and I don't have something in my hand anymore. And I'm grieving that loss, right? I've always, for the last 50 years of my life, I've had a bulletin in my hand, right? There's a grief that comes with change mm-hmm. and, and you know, there's a grief that comes with with loss. Uh, and then the second is is to recognize uh, that there is always a loss when, when, when there's change, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, change lets go of something. Uh, whether it is a bulletin, uh, whether that is a way of doing something. So there's grief and there's also loss in terms of change, adaptive change, right? When you're making these big changes, things aren't the way that they used to be. And we hope that the change is for good <laughs> and, and, and for positive things, not, mm-hmm. you know, not change for good in terms of that nothing will ever change. But right. So on the one hand, as pastors, we have to recognize grief that's happening. And we also have to recognize loss uh, that's happening. And if we're ever going to grow the church, we have to make room for people who aren't us. And the folks who aren't us are the 15-year-olds of the world who will never have a bulletin in their hand. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean for church, mm-hmm. right? Everything is on their phone. Like, what does that mean? Giving, they're never going to put a dollar bill on a plate, ever, yeah. right? Th- in fact, th- this new new generation, uh, like my daughter, who's 15 years old, will never have a Facebook account. 
right. unless she's forced to, right. right? And we've gotten real good at like, we're live streaming on Facebook and we have Facebook groups. We have all this. Understand that the youth group, they're not ever going to have Facebook. So we right. have to be ready. We have to build that 21st chair right. for the 21st century uh, and all those things. And, you know, and, and I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but it is exhausting because we're having to triplicate everything right now. Just like public school teachers, man. I mean, hug a teacher today in a safe sanctuary way. Like go find a teacher today and hug a teacher in a safe sanctuary way. Uh, uh, because they need our love and support of all of the things that they are being asked to do. You know, and pastors are a close second, right? Because we're having to triplicate everything and hold all of these ages, industrial information and, and augmented, but also hold grief and loss all at the same time while being fruitful in ministry. And what will help all of that is to get a book titled Jesus Revealed by Matt Rolf. <laughs> the I Am Statements in the Gospel of John. It will solve all of those problems. It will solve all of those problems by the time you get to chapter three. And if it doesn't, <laughs> and if it doesn't, then then return it and say that Bechtold made you do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll uh I'll give you uh nothing, but uh but a pat on the back and I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's great. I mean, I mean, really, um you to poorly bring it back to the gospel of John, right? Yeah, sure. Jesus is doing something so different than yeah. what the folks had expected experienced yeah, up yeah. until that point and i mean that's you see it you see it in the confrontation he has with the religious leaders you see it in the conversations he has with the disciples when they don't get it you know you see it in all of these interactions jesus has with people it's change right and and it's it's reframing and it's it's moving forward even just little bits but and i was, think that the i am yeah. bread in particular yeah. is to this point zach where uh, it's fascinating. This is so good. So uh, I, I, he said, I'm the bread of life. Uh, and there's the feeding of the 5,000. Yeah. But then interestingly, Jesus separates himself from manna in the, in the desert. Mm-hmm. He's like, that, that's not, that's not what I am. So there's this tension because the Pharisees are all about Moses, right? They're all about the law. They're all about Moses. And Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life and I am not that bread. Right. Like Moses gave you that bread and that bread ultimately led to death and, and was insustainable. So Jesus enters into this tension of old and new mm-hmm. uh, and not, not, not necessarily old and new that, that Jesus was innovative and that Jesus was like new on the scene. Cause right. John is very clear that the word of God has been there from the beginning, but this idea of, I am actually not that bread in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wrote, I write a little thing about that, that, that almost, <laughs> that, that almost didn't make the cut in terms of editing. So here's, here's a little inside scoop uh, for your audience is, is, is that uh, in, in reading, uh, and I've always, I've always thought this, but have now been brave enough to like put it in print is, is that it is not uh, a mystery to me of what manna was. Okay. Let me just lay it out there. Cause it says it right. I'm not making this up. I'm just reading the Bible friends. Like the night before, there were a lot of quail on the ground, like quail was their meat. And there was this whole flock of quail. And then in the morning, there was this white flaky stuff everywhere. How (laughs) interesting is that? (laughs) Is that I and they're like, what? What is this? Well, I know what it is. There's a bunch of quail here. (laughs) What do you think it is? Right. Right. But here's the thing. The way that it's worded is so fun and curious to me. Like, so Matt, because they're complaining. That's the thing is that is that Israel was complaining about it, about the manna, right? Mm-hmm. They were hungry. They were thirsty. They were being, you know, they were like, they're all on SPR, right? They're just all like, man, what's going on? We need to make a change on this stuff. I, hypothetically speaking. Right, right, right. 
I have a great SBR. I don't know about your SBR. Um, my SBR is fantastic. And it actually is. That's not a, that's not a yeah. joke. I have, I have a really good uh, SBR. Um, um, anyway, so they're complaining. They're mad. They're angry. Uh, and, and Moses says, and they're like, what is this? Hey, yo, what is this? And he said, this is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. He didn't say this is bread. Right. <laughs> he said, this is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. And understand, this is the same Moses who came down the mountain and saw a golden calf and said, WTF, like, what, what's going on, guys? <laughs> yep. You know, what yep. the foundation? Like, what are you doing? And of course, Aaron's like, I don't know, boss. Like, I put some gold and it just <laughs> yeah. kind of came out. I don't, know. I don't know. I'm just as surprised as you are, boss. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, so then Moses, Moses pulverizes the golden calf and makes them and puts it in the water and makes them drink it, right? So here's the thing, right? Moses gives them like polluted water to drink. So here right. we are. What What is this? This is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. So imagine like you're in a restaurant and I say this in the book, imagine you're in a restaurant and you're being just a jerk of a customer, right? You are just making your, you're making your, your server's life a living hell, right? And you order a steak rare as you're supposed to, because you're a red blooded American and there's no other way to eat a steak. And you order that filet rare and it comes out well done. And you're like, what is this? What is this? And the server says, this is the steak the chef has given you to eat, <laughs> right? I think there's a lot of that going on in this story right. of the people were complaining and they're a bunch of quail. And then dare I say, there's remnant of quail uh, on the ground in the morning. And they're like, what is this? They're like, oh, what is this? This is the bread the Lord has given you to eat, right? So Jesus, interestingly, doesn't say, I am that. I am the manna in the wilderness. I am. He, he actually distances himself from that, curiously mm -hmm. enough, and says, I am not that that Moses gave you the bread that I give you. You will never be hungry again if right. you feast on me. And it's so true with the Gospel of John. You will never exhaust the Gospel of John. That's the mystery of you will never be hungry again. Obviously, it's not like filling your belly with food, like because I can I'm a madman in terms of eating. I'll mm -hmm. eat anything that's in front of me, with the exception right. of pickled beets, because Satan oh. himself made pickled beets. <laughs> oh. So, but I will eat just about any. It's not that, it's in the Gospel of John in particular. You will never exhaust the fullness uh, that you receive in, in reading the gospel. And that's exactly what that means. So, so Zach, to your point, in the gospel of John, specifically on the I am bread, Jesus holds this tension between, uh, you know, industrial age and augmented age, right? The, this mm -hmm. tension of the way things were and the way that things are perceived to be and have to be with something that is revolutionary. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not new, but it is revolutionary, which are two different things, right? Right. Well, and I, you know, we talked early on, or you introduced, I wrote a book about the I am sayings as if nobody's ever done it before. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> right yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the only book on the market that talks about the right. I am statement. That's know? right. Uh, <laughs> go pick it up. First time. Uh, but, you know, we talk about scripture, gospel, of John, whatever it is, there's always more to go back to. Yeah. Um, and, and that's important for us to remember as pastors, as people in the church that reading it once isn't enough, right? Revisiting it at different points in our life for different reasons, oh my on gosh, a whim, yes. right? And and just being present in, uh, in the scripture, in the stories, with what we know today as opposed to what we knew yesterday or twenty years ago mm -hmm. or a lifetime ago. Uh, and and so yeah, I mean, for me, if you if you're just scrolling through book titles, ah, another I am. No, it's important mm -hmm. to revisit these things today. Yeah, sure. Because we live in a completely different world than we did five years ago. Yeah. Two years ago. 
six months ago. Right. Um, and, and it's just a practice for me. It's just a practice in that. How do we revisit these things and go, huh, I didn't notice that before. Mm-hmm. Right. Here's what this is speaking today to me and how, as a pastor, do I tell that story? How do I help Love open it. that, that book up for, for my folks? Um, so that they're curious, so that they're, you know, wander through, wander through this with us. Mm-hmm. That, and it also makes, uh, in, in, in light of that, in terms of like, how do you, how do you use this book? Right. So let me, let me jump into that for a second. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a six week study the way that, I mean, we're using it here, uh, mm-hmm. uh in, in my local congregation, uh, it's a six week study. We're going to start at the first Sunday of October, which means that the last, cause October has five Sundays, uh, the last Sunday I am the resurrection will happen on all saints day wow, on all saints nice. Sunday. Right. So you, you dive into these, I am statements and you see how they're woven together. And then finally the big, the big reveal uh, is I am the resurrection. And we get to reveal that on a day where we remember those who have gone before us, those who are living in the heart of God, those who will be the first fruits of the resurrection because they've gone before us. And that, that is a really great way to present all of this material where it just makes sense in the heartbeat and the life of the church, especially so if you are uh, really steeped in the lectionary, right? Where the first Sunday is All Saints, the first Sunday of November is All Saints Sunday, and you really dive into that holy rhythm of the liturgy, uh, then this book really does come in handy. Uh, it covers all of your October. You have five Sundays, so that's always a trick, you know, yeah. to have five Sundays <laughs> in one month. And then that extra Sunday of the first Sunday of November being All Saints Sunday, I am the resurrection. At that point, friends and clergy who are listening, it starts to write itself. The series just writes itself at that point if you use it as an All Saints, ultimately as an All Saints um, uh, study. Yeah. Yeah. Building towards that. I yeah. That. There you go. Next year. Yeah, it's like next yeah, year. Right, yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, don't I know it? Because like, uh, I mean, because I'm, I mean, my my calendar is planned until January in terms of um, uh, sermon series. Yeah, so yeah. use it next year. Well, if you want to, you can use it for Lent next year because the same kind of thing applies because it's six Absolutely. weeks, and it also culminates in I am the resurrection, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also works really well uh, for that, and and for like I said, Advent next year we'll have a. Uh, this will be a sign to you, uh, another ex- <laughs> really experiential <laughs> Advent. So mark that down now, friends. Uh, start planning d- December 2023. Um, uh, this will be assigned to you. So, so uh, November of 2023, we expect to have Matt Roll back on the podcast. Yes. To That's right. With with sparkly sequined jacket. That's right. Well, have a year, boys. Unless you're on three or four more times. <laughs> between them, then That's true. To... That's true. Who knows? There, a lot we'll can happen. To... Look, look, man. We got jurisdictional coming up. A lot can happen between now. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I'll see y'all uh, there. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll yeah. be there. Good. Great. Be there. I'll be there. Yet, as always, uh, we love hitting record and letting you just go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of ground, friends. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, anything else you want to just toss out there? No, just other than I mean, we didn't talk about LSU football at all, uh, which kind of upsets me a little bit. We're, well, we're you know, in the Rocky Mountains, it, the only thing that matters is Broncos football. I'm sorry. Sure. And that's fine. I, I was I'm educated. Cool I was educated on that on Sunday. That's it's it. true. Oh, yeah. That college football does not exist anymore. And that uh, it's all Ellis yeah. and it's all uh, Broncos. Look, man, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do that. I, I think the Broncos <laughs> are a super franchise uh, and, are, and are tons of fun and rarely play the saints anyway. So, <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm willing to buy that. The new Orleans, the saints had their first uh, preseason game. Uh, yeah, yesterday, Saturday night, something like that. Yeah. Uh, where I just kind of stumbled upon it. I was like, oh, 
cool football's on <laughs> this again. is happening <laughs> let's go right because i love it i do i do i like i like especially college football i like it too much i'm gonna go on record by saying that i just i really i love the sport it's fun i mean baseball is my favorite sport to play all right um uh but fo- football is certainly my favorite sport to watch uh and right. consume and now it is the season man i'm looking forward to it so that's probably the only thing i got uh other than there's a Perfect. new doctor for doctor who that we will see mm-hmm. in probably another year but okay. other than yeah. that that's all I got. Uh, Arkansas does Arkansas play uh, LSU this year? Yes, every year we play Arkansas every year. Uh, our rotation uh, is uh, Kentucky. We don't play Kentucky every year because uh, they're in the East, and we switch out uh, Kentucky with Tennessee. So we go back and forth between Kentucky and Tennessee. But yeah, Arkansas we play every year, uh, which is fine. Uh, we usually do fairly well against Arkansas. That's always uh, around Thanksgiving. Texas A and M is now our Thanksgiving game. Which is which is legit. That's all. That's that's becoming a good rivalry, and then we have uh, obviously we play Alabama uh, every year, and I'd like to say that that's a rivalry, but it's really not. Yeah. <laughs> they kick our butts every year. We'd love to say <laughs> that's a rivalry yeah. to make ourselves feel better, <laughs> right. but it's not. It's not. Uh, so we uh, we're probably looking at like a, and I, it just pains me to say it, but six win season five win season we have i mean we have a new coach right so that's uh, we, we stole notre dame's coach that that's fun highest paid coach in college football because that's a great use of money um, <laughs> um you know uh but it'll be fun it'll be fun to watch for sure so and thanks we, for having me, guys. It's always yeah, a joy yeah, to, always. to, to we, we learned a lot about you today. How you take your steak, that you don't like pickled beets, and what you feel about college football coaches. Pain. There's a lot there. Yeah. And and so much yeah. more. Looking yeah. forward to next time. <laughs> yeah. Always. Always. We love having you on. We appreciate you coming. Well, uh, you know, uh, the book you can find pretty much anywhere, but go to mattraw.com and uh, buy it from there. Because yeah. anywhere you know, fine books are sold. Yes. Fine books. Um, and uh, so, yeah, uh, thanks for being on the podcast. And so for Absolutely. the Bearded Theologians, I'm Matt Franks. I'm Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking us out. I want you to subscribe and like this video. And put that thumbs, push that thumbs up. Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share on all social media outlets. You can check out old episodes and more information at beardedtheologians.com. Thanks for checking us out.